Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, now remember we talk about anecdotal evidence on this show all the time and you can't rely on anecdotal evidence. I gave you my anecdotal evidence of my trip back from Boston with the PCR tests. Worked out for me. Everything was fine. I didn't mention that you have to do the, uh, oh, what's it called? ArriveCan app. They also checked that, okay? You have to do that. Now, I got a text from a listener saying, hey, Shay, we booked free PCR tests at CVS when we were in Arizona last month, but when we got there, they said they weren't going to do the test because they were too busy. So we ended up having to get one of those private ones at a cost of $170 each. It's a $40 test to go there, $170 US to come home. It's ridiculous. You're right is ridiculous. Lori on the South side says regarding COVID tests, it's ridiculous. I just got home from Turkey last night, 30 bucks for a PCR test to return. Didn't need a test to get in if double vaccinated. Okay. Then I got another text. My kids weren't asked for test results from all the time that they arrived at the airport in California till they left the airport in Calgary. Calgary airport was doing random rapid tests at the front door to the exit to Calgary. Kids could literally see the street outside from where they were getting pulled for random testing. So here's the way it's supposed to work. You got to be vaccinated. You have to have a negative PCR test. You have to fill out the Arrive Can app. If you don't do those things, you could get yourself in really big trouble. Now, maybe some people didn't get asked. They didn't have to produce it. I did. All three of those. I had to prove it. Um, maybe some other airlines or some other city. I don't know how it works, but you're taking a big, big risk if you don't have those because they can simply say you're not getting on the plane and that's it. Done. End of discussion. There's nothing you can do about it. So um, maybe they didn't ask for your test results because I think you have to enter them into the Arrive Can. So they've already got it. You have to upload the documentation already. So I, I don't know. I don't know. This is all anecdotal. Go to the website, read what it says you need to do, and then I would recommend that you do it just to make sure that you don't get stuck wherever it is you are. Okay. Uh, speaking of stuck, good Lord. Have we seen a lot of snow in the Edmonton area? Pretty much right across northern Alberta, in fact. Blizzard-like conditions, uh, very windy in the south, and then we've got a huge mess in B.C. There's a lot going on in weather. So we're going to chat with Jesse Beyer, who is Global Edmonton's chief meteorologist, trying to find out what's happening. Jesse, how are you? I was really concerned when your segue was, speaking of, after coming out of all the COVID talk, I was wondering how you were going to do it. Stuck, stuck, Jesse, stuck. Yes, uh, yeah, okay, I I got it. I was speaking of. (laughs) I think a lot of people, what what, what is, I mean, how much snow are we going to see in, I think it's basically Red Deer North, right? That's where we're seeing all the snow? Yeah, it's a pretty confined line. We we talk about the setup a lot every year when you get this specific moisture coming in. We've had a developing area of low pressure. At the same time, we have an Arctic high dropping in. Now, we kind of touch on it on the news every once in a while called the deformation zone. And it's basically the zone on the northwestern side of an area of low pressure in the northern hemisphere that has amplified lift. So you have the rotation from the area of low pressure going counterclockwise. At the same time, you have a surface high with the somewhat clockwise rotation in the upper layers that are going to give you that amplified lift. And because of the amount of moisture that moved through the southern BC interior, because of that atmospheric river over the past 24 to 36 hours, we basically have a fire hose 
of moisture moving in, and we're tapped into it at the same time. We have a very big cold front that's allowing all that moisture to rise and then fall to the ground. So that's kind of the science behind okay. how this is happening. At the same time, you have that big change in pressure. You also get a very strong pressure gradient. So we're going from pretty high pressure to the northwest to very low pressure across the southern prairies right now. And that's where we're getting our wind gusts that have topped out between 80 and 90 kilometers an hour. And right here in Coronation at around 6 o'clock this morning, Coronation was hitting 89, 52 kilometer an hour wind gusts for the city of Edmonton, 67 for Lloyd Minster. And we've already had about 15 to 20 centimeters of snow on the ground. The good news is, and I know there's not a lot, for the city of Edmonton today. But the good news that we can salvage out of this is that low is exiting the province towards the east. The core is already in central Saskatchewan, causing major problems to our neighbors towards the east now as that pressure gradient has even strengthened, looking at even higher wind speeds for those areas as we head through the day. By around mid-afternoon, we should be looking at sunshine. It'll be nice and sunny for you to go out And and shovel. Now, how and much snow will we be shoveling when this is all said and done, Jesse? I think 20 to 25 Holy is, a, is a pretty likely number. I mean, most areas, uh, people want like a blanket number for yeah, the entire yeah. city. There's, there's going to be very totals. You know, you could be set under a more intense band for an extra 45 minutes. That's giving a snow rate at a centimeter an hour versus, you know, two to three for, for other areas at the same time. So, you know, the range, I've, I've seen pictures on uh, on social media already from parts of the city, 15 centimeters in people's backyards. Unfortunately, people are going to say, well, I got 30. There's a lot of drifts still. On. So what actually fell and what actually is stacked up? I mean, I, I've seen up to you know seventy centimeters stacked up in a drift on someone's driveway mm-hmm. just because they had that north facing or northwest facing or whichever direction your driveway's in, and you're going to have that a lot uh, stacking up. So I think what what'll be on the ground is you know anywhere from about twenty to twenty five on the high end for localized areas. And to put that in perspective, you know, if you if you want to take another positive out of this, we've had a pretty dry summer. I think it's, you know, in the top five, if not the top three dry summers on record, you know, and that's going back a couple hundred years. I mean, the equivalent of this snow falling is, is, is you know, a, a pretty good convective thundershower. So right. for next year, I mean, this moisture isn't going to go anywhere. It's going to melt into the ground, hopefully, uh, next spring. I think we might be looking at the snowfall sticking around for the the better portion of the next few weeks as, as temperatures are, are dropping even more. And with the snow on the ground, it's going to be hard to, to get it to melt now. So, I mean, that that's one bonus we could take out of it. But this is nowhere near uh, the biggest snowfall that we've had at this time of the year. The record closer to 40 centimeters. Uh, and that was set back in 1942, and that was in a single 24-hour period. Holy cow. So, so yeah, massive it, snow right yeah. near north. Uh, wicked winds in the south. Now tell me, what on earth is going on in British Columbia? I'm seeing story after story. I mean, Abbotsford, Merritt, all the way through the Coke is closed. Uh, TransCanada is closed. That's the moisture that we're now seeing that rolled through there and caused all the problems? Yeah, essentially we've had an area of low pressure that that developed close to the the Rocky Mountains, and that pulled a lot of the moisture that moved in off of the B.C. coast. Now, we talk about this atmospheric river, and it's a mid-to-upper-level feature, and it's basically just pushing moisture in off of the Pacific, and that's where we typically see a lot of the big rain events that occur in B.C. with that amount of moisture, and you're you're putting more moisture in there that the the ground can even handle. I mean, you look at some of the totals, I mean, they're staggering, 200 millimeters? Of, of rain that that's like 200 centimeters of snow or tw- you know what i it, 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 it's it's massive it's massive amounts of moisture and and this is you know 
a, a lot of people have been saying, like, what is this swing? Yeah. You know, we were looking at one of the driest yeah. summers in that area, some of the hottest temperatures you'd have. And see, you know, it led to massive amounts of, of, of death with, with the heat. And, the, and then you turn around and all of a sudden you go into the next season and you're dealing with record-breaking uh, uh, rainfall all due to this atmospheric river. But some of the numbers, I mean, the records are being broken by like 100 millimeters. Like the <laughs> next closest rainfall was like 60 and, other, and it was like 160 now. So, I mean, this is not just a little change. I mean, I don't want to say, you know, you use that word change a lot. Yeah. You got to be careful with but, but But things are changing. And we're getting these setups at, you know, typical times of year, and then we're getting it at, at non-typical times of the year. So basically the main reason for all of that is is all the moisture moving in. And it's at that time, of, you know, the shoulder seasons where you, if you get that southeast wind or southwest wind, and it's a nice big ridge, I mean, you can tap into temperatures from, from California, the Pacific Northwest, yeah. and that's where we can, you know, see a plus 10 daytime high. But at the same time, you get, you get the cold front coming in from the territories, and we could drop to minus 10. So you have these very contrasting air masses at the same time, cold and dry and warm and wet and we get these setups in the the atmosphere where you have basically the the turning point where it's going to be rain or snow and then you keep that air mass about as warm as you can keep it to give you the most amount of snow and and it's just somewhat of a you know no pun intended a a perfect storm um with with the temperature profile the amount of moisture at the right time that we have a front with a developing low with an arctic high and this is what you get the blamo zone yeah, what a mess. Uh, good news for the mountain parks, though, in some ways, if you're going skiing. But, I mean, they had to close Highway 93. I imagine the mountain parks always get it more, right? They always get the biggest dumps. Yeah, and, and the upper elevations are a big contributing factor to that because whereas you would typically be seeing rainfall, because you're putting a roadway you know, past the rain snow line yeah. as you rise, then all of a sudden you, you have amplified. Plus you have, the, you know, the windward and the leeward side of the mountain, whichever side you're on. And, and I mean, some of the mountain parts could be looking at two feet of snow, if not more. Oh, and upper, <laughs> we could be looking at 60 centimeters of snow on the ground. And I mean, we already saw road closures yeah. um, Bunch. at 30. And now we're going to double it as we have through the, through the overnight period and through the first half of the day. So you have to be very careful. I mean, travel anywhere in central, west central, eastern Alberta, even east of our border into Saskatchewan, it's getting worse. So if you're going the other degree, any way you're going, you're, yeah. you're not you're not doing good. And, and we talk about blizzards all the time, and you know people will say, "Oh, it's a blizzard out there." But the actual parameter for a blizzard mm-hmm. is four hours of less than 400 meters visibility with at least a 40 kilometer an hour wind. Okay, and then you have there? that warning. That's in right on the other side of the border in Saskatchewan. So when we throw that term out and people say it's a blizzard, like what we had is not a blizzard. Like that doesn't even come close to what a blizzard is. That's a snowfall warning. You can still up that to a winter storm warning and you still up that to a blizzard. And that's what Saskatchewan is dealing with. So if you're heading west, if you're heading east, if you're heading north, if you're heading south, I mean, you're not having a good drive. No, it's a mess everywhere. Awesome. Good stuff. Thanks so much, Jesse. I really appreciate the details. Not a problem. Thank you very much. That is Jesse Beyer, who is Global News Edmonton's chief meteorologist, giving us a a breakdown on what's going on. And like he said, it's, you know, it it doesn't matter where you are. I think those of you in Calgary are probably getting off the best right about now because, you know, I'm getting texts from people down in the southwest corner, you know, Medicine Hat area down around there. They're talking wind gusts over 100 kilometers an hour today. Um, And then we've got Red Deer North seeing a ton of snow, Saskatchewan taking it, and then B.C., 